meeting is being recorded. Okay, thank you. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to the Civic Design Review Committee. This is August 15th, and it is 2.04 in the afternoon. Could we please have roll call? Yes, uh, Commissioner Stryker. Present. Commissioner Carney. Present. Commissioner Luz, absent. Uh, Commissioner Schneer. Here. Commissioner Shioda. Here. Uh, we have a quorum and also present is Deputy Director of Programs, Joanne Lee, and Commissioner Secretary, Alyssa Ventry. Okay, great. Thank you. And also, I'd just like to introduce to the public our newest commissioner. That's Patrick Carney. He's an architect in San Francisco, and we welcome him to the CDR committee. Um, this meeting is being held by teleconference pursuant to California Government Code 54953 and the 24th, supp uh, 24th supplement to mayoral proclamation declaring the existence of a local emergency. During the coronavirus disease COVID-19 emergency, the Civic Design Review Committee is a meeting re regular meeting room. It, which is 401 Van Ness Suite 125 is closed. Meetings of the Arts Commission will convene remotely. Today, the Civic Design Review meeting is being streamed using the WebEx platform and will allow for remote public comment. While this technology allows us to hold these meetings remotely, it may not be as seamless as we would prefer. There will be gaps and delays as staff transition the technology between the speakers. Please know that we're doing the best we can and we'll ask for your patience as we learn this new way of working together. And before we start, I'd like to remind us all about the policies and procedures for virtual public meetings. At this meeting, we're bound to follow the structure of our agenda and adhere to the best practices set out in the Good Government Guide. At every public meeting, there's a place for general comment where members of the public may make comment on any item pertaining to this body. In this case, please keep your general public comments to items under the purview of San Francisco Arts Commission. And for every item on the agenda, there's also a space for public comment pertaining to that item. Respectfully, we ask that you keep your public comment on topic. And then last, a few virtual meeting housekeeping items. Commissioners and staff, if you've not already done so, please mute your microphones to minimize background noise. And when you speak, if you'll, you will have to unmute yourself. Commissioners, please raise your hand to be recognized to speak or ask a question if it's not already clear to me that you would like to be the speaker. And also please introduce yourself when you speak so callers on the phone can know who is speaking. I'll turn this over now to our program associate, Paris Coates for public comment instructions. Thank you. Um, for members of the public who wish to make public comment on items on the agenda, the phone number to call is 415-655-0001. The access code is 2492-006-7917. And the numeric passcode is 237-0815. You'll be prompted to press pound twice. Your line will be muted, but you will be able to hear the meeting in progress. You may also make public comment using the WebEx link. When you click the link, you'll be prompted to enter the following information, first and last name and email address. 
These fields are required. However, if you wish to remain anonymous, you may type public in the first and last name fields and public at public.com in the email field. Please make sure that you are in a quiet location and that all devices near you are muted so that there's no echo when you speak. At the appropriate time, the chair will ask for public comment. For members of the public using the WebEx link, please click the hand icon to raise your hand. This will put you in the public comment queue. When you are called on, you will see a window pop up on your screen to request to be unmuted. You must click the unmute button. For members of the public calling by phone, you'll be prompted to press star three when the public comment period opens. This will add you to the speaker line. When the system says, when the system message says um, you're being asked to unmute yourself, press star six. This is your time to speak. When your microphone has been unmuted, you will hear us ask you to state your name and make your comments. You are encouraged but not required to state your name for the record. I will start your three minutes when you begin talking using a visual timer. You will get a 30 second audible warning. When your time is up, I will say caller, your time is up. At that point, I will put you back on mute. You'll be moved out of the speaker line and back as an attendee in the meeting unless you disconnect. You will hear your line has been muted. Participants who wish to speak on other public comment periods can stay on the meeting line and listen for the next public comment opportunity. We will pause briefly before closing public comment to ensure that no remaining commenters are seeking to speak on an item. Any individual who speaks during a public comment period at today's meeting may email a brief written summary of their comment to be included in the minutes if it is 150 words or less to paris.coats at sfgov.org. As a reminder, the summary may be rejected if it exceeds the prescribed board limit or is not an accurate summary of the speaker's public comment. Public comment instructions will also be shared on the screen as you see here. Um, please note the WebEx system has been upgraded and you will now see a closed captioning feature. The controls for this feature are located at the bottom left of your screen. Also, the raised hand feature has changed. To raise your hand, hover your mouse over your name in the attendee list and click on the raise hand icon. On with that, Commissioner Stryker, please begin the meeting when you're ready. All right, thank you. I'd like to start our meeting by reading our land acknowledgement statement which was recently approved by the Commission in November 2021. The San Francisco Arts Commission acknowledges that we are on the unceded ancestral homeland of the Ramaytush Ohlone, who are the original inhabitants of the San Francisco Peninsula. As the indigenous stewards of this land and in accordance with their traditions, the Ramaytush Ohlone have never ceded lost nor forgotten their responsibilities as the caretakers of this place, as well as for all people who reside in their traditional territory. As guests, we recognize that we benefit from living and working on their traditional homeland. We wish to pay our respects by acknowledging the ancestors, elders, and relatives of the Ramaytush community, and by affirming their sovereign rights as First Peoples. As a department dedicated to promoting a diverse and equitable arts and culture environment in San Francisco, we're committed to supporting the traditional and contemporary evolution of the American Indian community. So let's move to item number two, which is general public comment. Is there any general public comment? Uh, if you are already listening to this meeting via the web link, please raise your hand. 
If you're calling by phone, press star 3 to be placed in the queue. Please press only once since pressing it more than once will remove you from the queue. Instructions are currently on screen. We are on item 2, general public comment. As a reminder, your time will start when you begin speaking. You will see a visual timer if you're listening in via WebEx and will be given a 30-second audible warning. You'll be muted once your time is up. However, you may stay on the line if you wish to speak on other items on the agenda. Any individual who speaks during a public comment period at today's meeting may supply a brief written summary of the comments to be included in the minutes if it is 150 words or less to paris.coats at sfgov.org. Uh, let me see. Um, I don't see any hands raised. Um, there's no public comment for this item. Uh, public comment is now closed. All right, thank you. And let's move to item number three. And this is a presentation about the small project review of Detroit Steps Archway project. Team, are you ready to present your project? Hi, this is Suna Mullins, ESAM. Okay. Do you have some visuals you want to put on the screen? Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and do that right now. Okay, we'll good. Start. All right. It's working before. Now I just see everybody that's in the meeting, but I don't see my screen. Hang on. Mm. Okay. I'm just going to talk through it so that if I'm doing this incorrectly. So I'm going to share. I'm going to my Google Chrome. Mm -hmm. Screen or application and I'm hitting share. Okay. There we go. There we go. There we go. And Work perfectly. Just... All right. Um... Oh. Um. Click the the arrow the arrow on the right there. Is that yeah? Let's see if that allows you to. There we go. And go to view or slideshow. Yeah. Great. Yeah, I just needed a. a I just <laughs> need a Paris coats every time I'm on my computer to be like, go ahead and open this. No, go back here. Um. Hi everybody, my name is Suna Mullins. I'm a volunteer working with the Detroit Steps Project here in San Francisco. Um, I was born and raised in San Francisco, actually in Sunnyside, and I'm now raising my children in the same neighborhood I grew up in. Um, I, went, I heard about the Detroit Steps Project, a group of volunteers in 2019. There was um, an initiative for participatory budget in our district with Norman Yee to beautify steps that I was very familiar with that um, growing up were often a place where things were trashed, people would, you know, conduct illegal activity, and it just wasn't a nice place to be. Um, and now with children, every Friday, we would walk up those steps to go to a cafe before we go to school. So the idea of making the neighborhood I grew up in that my kids are in a more beautiful place was very appealing. Um, since getting, um, so we have a neighborhood group of, of volunteers that have really come together for this project, and it's a multi-phased project. Um, 
we're still kind of finishing up the first phase and I will kind of go through it. We've partnered with the San Francisco Park Alliance as our fiscal sponsors. Um, we've also been supported by our neighborhood association and we have recently received um, community challenge grant initiative for three projects. And one of them is to fund the Detroit Steps, Steps Archway. So we received $110,000. Part of it will go towards landscaping. Part of it will go towards um, buying plants. And um, part of it will go towards this, this archway. Um, and here's just a little snapshot of our group and some of the things we've done in the last few years. And now I'll take you through where we are. Um, I, I'm, I, I like to think everybody knows about Sunnyside, but not everyone does. Um, but we're we're just west of Glen Park, uh, Monterey Boulevard, a main arterial road, it kind of splits the Detroit steps. So we have uh, the upper steps, which are from Monterey north up to, to Juiced here. And we also have the lower steps, which is from Monterey going south towards Hearst Avenue here. And the location of the archway, it, we're, we're gonna put it between a uh, new fencing that was put up on Monterey. So there's, let's see. So if you look here, you can see there's Monterey Boulevard, uh, the main kind of arterial road in the neighborhood with a bus stop. We have a lot of students from, well, I'm not sure if City College is back in person, but usually, you know, in the past, we've had a lot of students from City College that will come from BART. So the 23 bus stop here is the main way to get, is one of the main ways you can, you can go down the steps and walk up to City College, or you can, you know, stay on the 23 and get on further down the road. It's also used by students from Reardon High School, as well as people in the neighborhood. Um, this is a, a view, the second picture of the steps when you walk up the steps, going from Hearst, going north up to Monterey. Um, the, here are some of the, the volunteers. One of the major improvements we've made already is, uh, you can see there's this chain link fence here. Um, we used district funds to put up instead to put up this beautiful bronze fence that we felt was a little more decorative and um, kind of um, made the space look more inviting. And I do want to point out here, there's a, I'll talk about community involvement later, but in the background here, this is one of our, our kind of typical signs that we've posted up and down along the Detroit steps. Um, talking about our project and encouraging anyone with comments or ideas or thoughts to um, how to get involved. So we've gone through many different design phases. Um, what we would like to do, and this is based on community involvement, residents up and down the, the steps. We've handed out letters. We've also got feedback from residents that lived along the steps. Um, is put up an archway that's clean. It would be um, sort of like a frame to the steps. Um, at some point, we do want to tile the steps. So we're trying to find something that complements the space without kind of overwhelming it in, as a standalone. So this is the view of the archway from, from Monterey Boulevard looking down south, a side view. 
So it'd be putting uh, like cap sleeves over the existing cement posts and then having this this archway. Um, this is a rough sketch of the archway looking up from Hearst up towards Monterey. The font would be Futura medium. Um, the upper arch will be just a little bit larger around 10 inches. The lower or uh, sorry, bigger than 10 inches. Um, Brad, our, uh, the person that's going to fabricate and do this can talk more about the specs, but the font on the lower Detroit steps would be a little bit smaller than sunny side up on top and you'd be able to see this from both sides. The letters would be raised or like attached on kind of raised and then the actual sun would be a laser cut out. We took into consideration other signs in the neighborhood, so. It's a lot to get input from a lot of opinionated people and also try to respect what's also in the neighborhood. And I'm really proud of what we've come up with. Um, this is the Sunnyside Conservatory about a block and a half down the street. So you can see our, our, our uh, Ron Spence is similar, kind of complements what's already a few blocks away. Um, this is their sign that's pretty clean and simple, Sunnyside Conservatory. And then if you go a little further up off of Monterey Boulevard on Forrester and Melrose, we have Sunnyside Playground. And you can see right here, there's a little, like a little kiosk and on top it says Sunnyside Playground and they've got their version of the sun. Um, so, you know, there isn't like a, a Sunnyside logo per se, but you know, these were things we took into consideration as well that in the neighborhood when we looked at our final design or kind of strove to get to our final design. Um, we, since the beginning, have done what we can and I think a lot um, to include our community. Um, the landscaping for the upper steps will be based off designs that the horticulture design class from City College um, participated in. We had a competition and the final design is actually what we'll be planting up there. Um, we have had Reardon High School have, they've helped design some of the posters for our, you know, fundraising events. We had a step-a-thon and they made posters for that. Um, we reach out to St. Finbar, Denman, Sunnyside Elementary when we have various cleanup projects. Um, and volunteer opportunities so that anyone that wants to participate can. Um, in addition to speaking at neighborhood association meetings, we've also hand delivered letters with different design options to every resident that's along the lower steps where the archway is, uh, whether they're, you know, renters or owners, whoever's living there would get that and just inviting them to participate. And we actually had three different residents from three different households get back to us and say, you know, we're worried that the archway is going to block a view, the view of the sun, or we're worried that it's going to block um, the sun or that it looks too arts deco. And so those were all comments that we brought back to our group and um, adjusted to make sure that that input was put in and that you know, we were accommodating that. We have also participated in other community events with a table where we have information about 
our group and our vision and um, the archway that we want to put up. So as I mentioned, we've come a long way um, with the lower steps. We've got our, our fencing in and the final step for the completing this first phase is to have a beautiful archway that frames our steps. Um, in terms of project timeline, um, we put out a request for proposals for projects in January of 2021. Brad was selected as a finalist. Um, we, we reviewed art portfolios and we were awarded the CCG funds in July. Um, we've spent, it feels like a while, um, on the designs, about almost about a year working on the designs, refining them, going back to the, you know, neighborhood association and sharing, um, discussing different features, asking questions of the artist um, to kind of get to where we are. And we were able to make it onto this agenda, or onto the agenda for today's meeting. So thank you, Paris, for being so accommodating and responsive. And then um, we'll hear from you guys. And I guess the next steps would be the DPW review or permitting. Um, and then Brad will do the fabricating and installation. Um, and all of this we're, we're hoping to definitely have before April of 2023, which is when we have our we have our um, community challenge grant funds that need to be spent before then. Um, and lastly, you know, we also wanted to say that we we use these steps a lot ourselves. So we are um, visually going to be keeping an eye on the archway. Um, we've also discussed putting an anti-graffiti paint on the the um, the archway so that if there are acts of vandalism, it's easier to clean. Um, somehow, I guess I'm sorry. It says anti. Yeah should be anti-graffiti and Brad will come and visit the site annually to observe um, the, the archway and the condition of it. Um, and now I'd like to talk a little bit about Brad before he comes on. He comes with over 20 years of experience with metalwork and fabricating. Um, he has previously worked with our neighbors in the Bernal Cut area, the Bernal Mission area with the project they had. He made some beautiful um, bollards and cutouts for them. Um, and that the Bernal Cut project was also fiscally sponsored by SF Park Alliance and also used CCG grants. So we feel like Brad is in line and understands uh, working with different groups and sort of the process. Here's just, just a few pictures of some of the work Brad has done. You can see on the top two let the center and left are actually like a bollard and also one of the um the structures that's up in the Bernal cut area as well as i believe this picture in the middle and then there's some other cool stuff that he's done that i just threw up here so you can see and i will ask brad if he's there to join us if you wanted to talk a little bit about the archway or if any of you have questions about the the archway well, we will have questions, but Brad, why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit more about your project so that we can respond to what you say. No problem. Can you guys hear me very well? Sure. So uh, good afternoon, Commission and everybody else on, on the line here. 
So this project, um, like Suna was saying, there's a, um, I did some work over in Bernal Cut, and that's kind of how the, the, the dots got connected. And when we first met, um, Suna and I met on site. We, we walked up and down uh, the stairs in multiple angles and locations, and um, we came from the west and the east just trying to get a grasp and idea of what probably is the, the best and most effective way to kind of have a nice accent uh, piece for, for the steps. And so we did end up coming up with an archway design. Um, we, we did spend a tremendous amount of time on the revision process because um, as as soon as said, what we what we wanted to do was get the input from the community as best we could. Um, it 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 was very important when I did uh, the same type of work over on the Bernal Cut, um, and I know the community involvement is very important. There's a lot of roots down deep in in these communities, and they did take the necessary time. And I personally, you know, although it took a lot of time, I personally find that quite admirable because um, anybody can just go put something up without getting anybody's input and they made a very valiant effort to do so um, and and one of the one of the biggest things was having something kind of translucent so you can see through this um, we didn't want to block the the view frankly from the upper steps um, and as you actually walk up from the lower steps, it's quite important to make sure that you can see the upper steps. So, you know, back and forth with many different revisions, we were able to find what we came up with today for you to look at. And what we feel is the most effective, um, it, you know, it, it, it's not extremely tall, but it's by no means small as far as height. Um, and we kept it very sleek and clean. Um, so I, I think, I think what we came up with will all in all match, uh, the current fencing, which, uh, they, they went with an Ameristar panel, which is typically used in, uh, municipalities. Um, it's a very sturdy, very reliable source of a wrought iron fencing. And it is, it is known in the industry as the top notch and. So that's why we were trying to make sure our colors match the fence. That way there's a lot of flow um, and it just doesn't, you know, stand out um, like a sore thumb. So, you know, um, is there, do you want me to go into kind of the design a little bit um, or do you guys want to ask some questions first? We may want to ask some questions, I think. Um, okay. Commissioners, we'll, we can discuss this, but I, let me start off with asking, when I looked at the dimensions on the drawings that I saw, I couldn't read them. So could one of you please tell us what the dimensions are? Because we'll comment on the design, but we also want to make sure that it meets code. So do you know what the head height is? So the, width? The, the, the archway itself is, uh, the top of the archway is approximately 14 feet. And the bottom of the archway is approximately nine feet. Okay. And that way there's enough clearance for um, pedestrians. Obviously nothing other than pedestrians should go down the stairway, 
but uh, it it is it is uh, at eight feet, and it is important to make sure that 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 height is there. Uh, that's definitely one of our one of the concerns that we originally had. We didn't want it to be too tall, but we didn't want it to be uh, too short either. It still has to have you know a sizable. Uh, the correct heights is very important on something like this. Sure. What's the width? So you're looking. Uh, the width on this is. Of the opening. It, the, the actual opening is going to be approximately 6 feet. Plus okay. or minus. Okay, thank you. That's very helpful. So, uh, the, the existing opening. You know, there's there's two existing uh, concrete columns and we're trying to keep it inside that. First of all, because it it was uh, it's been like that for a tremendous amount of time. They're the original concrete pillars that were put on there, um, and to try and keep the same width, rather than it either increasing it or making it smaller. If we make it smaller, it'll end up in the walkway. If we make it larger, it, it might not quite look right. And those are some uh, concerns that we actually addressed. And uh, and and went over. Can you also please tell us what the uh, landing is on either side of the opening of the arch? The landing. I assume it's six feet wide, but I want to confirm that. And then, how far does it project out from the arch on either side? Do you have? So it's, it's approximately uh, thirteen and a half, fourteen inches. Uh, so the landing, the concrete landing. Oh, the, like the cement stairs yes. in front? Yes, on either side. There's a minimal dimension that you need to meet. If it's uh, six feet wide, that's fine. But how far out does it project on either side? So the, the existing columns, what we are proposing is existing columns. They're already in the footprint. So we no, will. The, no, we, the concrete on the. You're talking the about just, just the sidewalk. I, 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 you know, I haven't, I didn't measure it but it's it's uh i'm taking my height and i'm almost six feet and i feel like you could probably get one and a half it's a you know there's a bus stop there and there's so it's very and then there's a walkway behind it so it's definitely has to be longer than six feet wide um but then behind the archway is steps that go down okay so when i walk through that archway and i'm walking forward to the first step that goes down. How many mm -hmm. feet is that that I'm walking to the first step? See, we don't have those plans and normally we have plans like that with dimensions so that we could look at them. So I want to ask you about these. So the existing the, the existing walkway from the the column, the existing columns at that which is the top of the first step is approximately um, seven to eight feet to the road. Okay, and then on the opposite side to the stairs. So the first step, uh, you'll have. So as you, so let's say you're, you you're walking across the crosswalk. As soon as you get to um, the entrance, is what we'll call it to the archway. The very first step will literally be directly below the archway, and it's okay. approximately uh, you'll approximately go in about twelve inches. And then you have your traditional 7-Eleven all the way down. Okay. All so, right. And we had two two options. I apologize. I didn't mention that um, in an effort to, 
So the path of least resistance um, in terms of the, the archway and, and getting it, um, you know, moving it forward. Our option A, which is what we would prefer, is a is a cap sleeve that would go over the existing concrete. Um, it's it's there, and it's the concrete that the handrails lead into. So we would obviously keep the handrails there, but we would just build onto what's already there. Um, but another option, option B, um, if for whatever reason that doesn't seem feasible from your standpoint or DPWs is um, Brad mentioned um, putting the archway posts down into the concrete along the fence. So so the the handrail cement posts would stay that are there and then the archway would be like outside of that. So it might be a tiny bit wider. Okay. If that makes sense. Um, normally, just letting you know, and because we will ask to have these drawings with dimensions, plan view drawings, so that we have it's clear what everyone's agreeing to. Um, so that would be something that we'll talk about at the very end of your presentation. But let me throw it out to the other commissioners. Commissioners, do you have any comments about this project? And then we can um, help them with some of these details. Um, Commissioner Chioda. Hi, thank you for the presentation. Um, I just wanted to say I really appreciate all of the uh, work you put into it thus far and the commitment um, and, you know, these these projects take a long time um, and you guys really have considered quite a bit. So um, I look forward to uh, seeing that built. Um, quick question, have you, and maybe this is a DPW, I know you're gonna go through a review with them um, and Parks Alliance is part of this, um, but my only thought would be, uh, you know, them clearing, I know you're doing native um, plantings. And so just in terms of maintenance, just for landscaping, you know, are they gonna be able to access it? They don't need to maybe go down the stairs. Um, There's the, actually where the archway is, the, the gardens that are for the lower steps are maintained by the owners that live in the homes alongside the steps. And the planned plantings are in uh, like public space for the upper steps. So we were also trying to be equitable and not do all the work just on the lower steps. So um, the, you know, Monterey is the divider. So the lower steps are where this archway will go. So you can see it from Monterey. The plantings and the gardening are all going to happen on the upper steps, I believe, most of the upper steps. So this archway wouldn't impede accessing that. Great. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. Are there other questions, commissioners? Uh, Commissioner Schneer. Hi. Um, yes. Thank you. Um, yeah, uh, this is, you know, uh, I really applaud all of your uh, work and efforts with getting this uh, project going and stuff. So, and I uh, echo uh, Commissioner Shiota in that respect. I am confused about exactly where the existing post is that the sleeve is going over. Um, it's very hard between the design uh, photo uh, montage and the fact that we can't read the drawings at all to really understand it. Um, is there any way that you can uh, 
can Brad or somebody show something that <laughs> gives us more of an understanding? Um, I'm definitely having trouble understanding that. Yeah, let me see. Hold on. So if I open up. Suna, if you have just the, I think you have the plans yeah, maybe in the yeah. tab there. Trying to get it. Now the Cisco WebEx meeting keeps creeping down when I go to my tabs. Okay, so here's this. Go. And I can zoom in on here if this right. is helpful. So yes. if there's, okay, let's go over to the, let me go over. Suna, do you by chance have uh, one of the pictures of, as as if you were going to walk down into the steps um, with the column on the left and right? Well, yeah. that photo montage didn't seem, I, that's the one that confused me. So, unless you have something else. The the final drawing, just the photo, the one that yeah. I showed was. The okay. photo so, montage that you did, um, that doesn't show me exactly where it is. This is what you have here that you've blown up is more helpful to the understanding. I mean, other commissioners, please chime in if, if you think differently, but this is better because I can see dimensions and I can see where exactly the post is in relationship to the fence yeah. and to the archway. So would you mind if I take a few minutes and explain? And, and Please. And if you can go ahead and. Please. Zoom in to the, uh, to the center of the archway so that they can see the columns. Go ahead and zoom in a little bit more. Here. Perfect. Now scroll up just a touch. The other way, I apologize. Right there. So, so the, the column on the left and the column on the right. So in relation to the existing fence, the existing concrete structure columns that are already there are literally the face of the concrete column is parallel with the fence. So there's no interference at all with the fencing. Um, the fencing actually ties approximately two and a half to three inches back to the column from my recollection. Um, can't hold that entirely to me, but I do know that the, the plan was to make the sleeves go over the columns so that there would not be a safety issue with the fencing. As you know, the wrought iron code is you have to have a minimum of four inches of a gap. And our I, our idea with going over the sleeves was is it would mitigate a lot of that on the on the bottom half of the fence. So as the columns, if you look at the fence and the fence is going towards the column, the existing posts that are in the ground already right now, uh, they are approximately two inches from the column, which means we're inside the code. Um, of the wrought iron fencing and because it is such a steep grade, it is important to keep that. So on the top, if you look at the fence, if she can zoom in just a little bit more, you can see that the gap is a little larger on the top than it is on the bottom. The top, my, I plan to make sure that that gap on the top is no more than four inches. That way it follows the fence and uh, not only does it have a nice contour, uh, you can still see the column all the way around it. So it's not necessary. The fence doesn't have to tie into the archway. Um, so when you're asking about these existing columns that are here, they are 
essentially right next to the posts that are in the ground for the fencing right now. And we, we plan on just putting a sleeve right over the top of them. And our archway will be essentially just dropped straight down over the top of the existing columns without disturbing anything and attaching to the column. Did you guys, are you guys there? Brad, you just, yeah, we lost you for a moment. I apologize. So we have, we plan to, to essentially crane the, the archway straight down on top of the existing columns. And the most important thing is we got to make sure that the fencing is uh, four inches or less away. That way uh, we're inside the, the fencing code. Okay, great. That's really helpful going through that process. And my only other question would be the existing columns that are there. Um, are they level? I mean, it's been a while yeah. and we had no hopping shift. One of the, one of the most important things that uh, I brought up to, to Suna's attention originally, when we looked at these is these are all what's known as a monolithic pour. So the steps and the columns and the piers that go into the ground below the steps um, are all a monolithic pour and they have not moved at all. And the masons that did this did one impressive job on the side of a hill. And I was, that's, you know, being in the industry, it was kind of kind of neat to see. You don't get to see very often. There's no cracks in it. Um, they're very stable and uh, they're approximately 13 to 13 and a half inches. Um, they're not, they actually beveled all the corners. So there's a nice chamfer all the way around it, a little 45 chamfer, so it looks nice and clean. And so if we were to make the sleeve go right over, it wouldn't interfere with anything. The structural steel would literally slide right over the top of it um, and the connection could be made. That was one of my biggest concerns was to make sure that if we're gonna use a 80 to 100 year old structure, it needs to be sound and it by, it, you know, it, it most certainly is at this point. I don't, I don't see any issues at all um, other than, you know, when we have to drill an epoxy into the column, it might take me a little while because that's really good old concrete. <laughs> right. Thank you so much. That was very helpful to clearly understand exactly where the archway is going. Thank you. Okay. Are there any other comments or questions from commissioners? Uh, Commissioner Carney. Yeah. Through, I can see that. It's hard to hear you, Commissioner Carney. Oh, it's not working. Can you hear me? Yes. Yeah. It's nice and clear now. Okay. Maybe I should take it off. Um, to answer some of your questions, I was there yesterday, actually on Saturday. Can you see this picture? Yeah, um, it, somewhat, it, yes. It, it shows that the first step to answer Kim's question is immediately as you go through the gate. And those pylons don't appear to be square and planned, they're rectangular, which is which is okay. Um, you'll just cover all of that up. And I do like the fact that you are covering those with a sleeve. Um, to start back at the beginning, I saw from the drawings that you had two alternatives. And I wondered why you didn't pick the 
why you chose one over the other. Now I understand. I actually think the one that you chose is the more pleasing one because it's narrower rather than having that extra width on either side of the existing pier. I did have some questions about the spring point of the arch. Um, the center of it is nine feet tall, but the edge of it is what? Maybe seven feet? So it just, my point is that it might be easier for graffiti or for people to reach up. I suppose they could jump up and tag it anyway, but hopefully there are no people that are too tall if they're not walking right in the center. But the spring point is fairly low. Um, but it is a beautiful arch. And I think that the, when the initial presentation, you said there's no Sunnyside logo, I think maybe you've just created a Sunnyside logo with this arch, with your with your rays of light, the rays of sun. Um, but I am concerned about vandalism, as I always am. I think oh my gosh. possibly those letters could be stolen, hopefully not. Um, I like, I think what you've done is beautiful. Hopefully it will stay that way. The letters are standing off a bit. The detail shows they're on a, a little pole that sticks out. Hopefully they're not easy to break off and steal. And other questions. Oh, the steps themselves. As I walked up and down the steps on Saturday, I love the idea of you tiling it, but the condition of those steps is not great, at least the lower steps. There are, seem to be active cracks going right down the middle. And some areas have been chipped by possible skateboards. I'm not sure what caused that. Anyway, it's something to think about when you get to your next phase. Hopefully, you won't have to rebuild the steps in order for them to be stable enough to take the tile. But that's another project you'll be coming back to the commission for. But this arch, I think that the proportions are better in the option that you've chosen. And as mentioned, I was concerned about the height. And I think what you've done to cover that post does take care of that four-inch area. So it's sort of a, a double double-edged benefit. Thank you. That's correct. And if you don't mind, I'd like to uh, kind of touch a little bit more on some of your comments on the lettering. So the way I actually install the lettering is kind of a unique thing that I kind of came up with on an archway for a football stadium. So in order to have Sunnyside and Detroit steps on both sides, of the same arch it essentially has to be hollow on the inside so essentially i have to make a frame i have to make a tube um has to be hollow on the inside so what i end up doing is i end up installing uh pressure treat wood on the inside of that arch where the lettering is and what that does is once i now when i encapsulate it with the steel and I pretty much am building, literally, I'm building the, the entire arch. So once it's all welded together and it's all tied in, the, the lettering are all going to be quarter-inch thick steel. And uh, I weld studs on them, and we drill a hole through the, through the face and then epoxy them to the wood. So they're, I mean, the only way these can ever come out after they're installed literally is either with a torch or somebody has to 
uh, spend a tremendous amount of time with a crowbar and a, a sledgehammer to even get these off. They will not come out. Um, it's that is one of the disadvantages if there was a change at some point, um, but I don't see that here. So that's why I, I try to make everything bulletproof. And as you can see, the transitions um, on one of the, the side view pictures that, that Suna has, the column is a transition. So we transition down into that box frame. And the reason we do that is because now it adds structure to the bottom of the arch. And at the same time, it creates a very smooth transition surface, which makes it a little more difficult to climb. Um, and that's very important to the vandalism side of, of what you were just discussing. And as far as the, um, the height, um, I have to legally be uh, seven feet six on an arch, I believe. Um, so on the on the corners with a transition, like we show nine feet in the center from concrete to the first part of the Detroit Steps arch. So understand that that first transition, it, it actually has to be a little bit higher than seven feet. So I will make sure that there's no clearance problems there. And on top of it, sir, I am six foot five myself, and I will make sure that there's plenty of clearance for uh, for tall people to go through there. <laughs> Spike your hair up to give you a few extra inches when you just walk through there. <laughs> um, and um, and the actual uh, the sun itself, uh, your comment on creating the logo, um, you know, back and forth with Suna, the group, and the community members and input. We went through quite a few different designs and I think the simplicity and and the ability to see through this really adds a, a lot of features because you know a lot of the concerns were people wanted to be able to see through this and see the the, the greenery behind it uh, birds that fly by etc and at the end of the day uh, this this really came through the as I cut the material itself out the, the rays themselves will be, uh, again, it'll be quarter inch thick material. It's not going to bend. Uh, I will make sure that, uh, keep in mind the arch itself or the sun rays itself, that's going to be one solid piece. So you actually will never, you will never, there's no opportunity for somebody to kind of break it unless again, with a torch or essentially, uh, there, there's really no way on this. Um, to bend them, it's, it's, it's possible to bend these, but again, it's quarter inch thick steel. Um, and did I, did you I go back, back to the color? Yes. Could you go back to the color version? Um, yeah. yes. So do you see what I was saying with the transition? Is there a way to zoom in there, Suna? Uh, when I touch it, it goes to the next screen. Gotcha. I can, I can, is there a way? It's slideshow. Okay. Where's, where's Paris to help guide me through? I'm, I'm here. Um, okay. I think maybe if you go into the hit slideshow, like present it. Then yeah. maybe. Oh, here we go. Here we go. So, yeah. Presenter view. Yeah. 
You should, you might be able to zoom in with your mouse. Oh, just, can you oh, close that little okay. window? Um, yeah. I, I and think try zooming in with your mouse maybe, or your mouse pad, wait. No, it's not letting you. Well, no. Nonetheless, okay. you can you can see the transition from that that side view, kind of how what I'm what I mean, um, and the reason on the side view the arch kind of goes down into the tubing that comes up is because it has to have the structure, but now it creates that real sharp, sleek look, and it it transitions into the arch, and the the my my focus on that was to make sure that you can't see how it transitions. It's just a nice smooth transition, and it went from a big, big six by six square tube um, to a nice piece of flat, flat looking metal, um, and that was very important from keeping it sleek. And it actually, um, you know, if you were to look down the fence line parallel with the road, you could, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be. It wouldn't stick out a tremendous amount as far as the width. It would it would just kind of look real nice and flow and, and everything would just transition really nice. Okay. Um Commissioner Carney, did you have other questions? No, I don't. What he just said I didn't realize that the top part of the arch is actually thinner from seeing that side view. Um I guess it would have been too expensive to have the entire arch the same thickness that the upper two thirds the same thickness is why it thins out for the second time. Um, you know, from from our standpoint, it doesn't really matter. We could I could I could make it a little thicker too, um, especially if if there was some kind of concern. Um, it's actually a little easier to make it a little wider. We just wanted to have that that architectural transition and i think that's why you you know you go from a 13 inch column and then we decided that it equally would go down to a six so now you have a six inch column and it would transition into a three inch uh arch and so that way the transition is equal as far as width of all the material um, okay well i'm sure the neighborhood group can work that out. Does the fence actually connect to it like you're showing here? I thought the so, drawing did, did not connect. No, it, it it does not connect. We showed this uh, just in case. If for some reason it doesn't, let's say it's a touch over the four, the four inches, I'm going to have to connect it or I'm going to have to add a, a piece of fence on the top. I would prefer that it does not connect and that's what I'm going to try. So in the drawings that, that Suna showed, uh, and was able to zoom in, you'll see that the top does not connect. Have uh, both options so that you can just kind of see what, what may or may not have to happen, but let it be known that uh, the bottom is going to be as close as it can to the fence. And, you know, we really don't want to have to tie the top part of the fence in because if we go with option A, which is what we we all proposed was the best option, um, we won't have to pull the existing post. 
the fence is done. We're not going to interfere with any of that at all. Um, we'll just install our archway, and that'll be that. All right. Well, I, I think that it's all coming together, and it should be quite lovely. It's certainly a huge improvement over the chain link that was there before. And it's small little things like this that help make a city rich, things that you stumble across when you're when you're walking around town. It, it's the tiny little things that really make a city sparkle. I agree. Is there any other questions that that any of you may have? Commissioner Shiota, do you have your hands up? Do you have any more comments or questions? Yeah, I just had a quick question um, just because I'm not uh, sure the process um, on this with um, like with the structural review and the permitting um, and the special inspection since you're drilling into the concrete with epoxy. Um, who holds that and then and I know that the neighborhood group is maintaining it. Um, is that a DPW? Uh, yeah, who's going to hold the permit and who holds the reviews? Is that going to be you, um, Brad? Or and so, it's just because I'm curious. Thank you. So, and that's a good. That's a very good question. So, typically in a situation like this, um, I would I would pull a permit, but given the relationship that um, the organization has with the city, um, it's highly likely that they could pull the permit and then I would be doing the work. Um, I would have to, you know, obviously I'll be the one calling inspectors out uh, if, if, it, if it's even required. Um, but, but if any inspection um, of the epoxy going into the existing columns um, is required. I'll be the one that, that meets with the inspector. I'll be the one handling all of that. Um, but at this time, essentially, all we're doing is uh, dropping a sleeve right over the existing piece of concrete and drilling a bunch of holes, putting dowels in, epoxying the dowels in. Um, that really, in my mind, as long as uh, there's no other guidelines that that you guys feel are necessary. I think I think that's the only thing that'll need to get inspected because it's an existing structure and we're not we're not creating or anything to that effect. And I have this is this is all new, all of these steps. Um so I I did reach out to DPW and um I was connected with somebody there and I did send them the um engineer drawings. Um, as well, and ask them for feedback. So, um, you know, I'm not sure if it's the horse before the cart or, you know, what comes first kind of situation if, if you guys typically approve a design and then we go to DPW or if groups usually get permits from DPW and then come to you. Um, but I think for us, we thought, well, we'll share our design in that way. If we need to change it or it doesn't work, we haven't waited, you know, to get permits from DPW. So I think we're hoping that if if you guys are okay with the designs or we've worked out any concerns or questions with the designs, then the next step would be uh, probably, you know, the our Detroit Steps project working with Brad to go to DPW and make sure that we have whatever permitting necessary to install the project. 
Okay, normally you do come here first, so you've done all the right steps so far. Okay. <laughs> um, any other comments from commissioners? Um, I have a couple of things. Um, one is before you go to DPW, we'll help you and DPW if you have a good plan. So a plan with dimensions on it and your elevations with all of the dimensions, the four inch or less connection um, between the pillars and the fence, for example, all of that needs to be spelled out because these drawings are legal documents. So the more information you have on those drawings, the easier it is for everybody to understand and read them, but also to know if there's something that needs to be changed. Um, and also it helps them know what, you know, that you're meeting code with everything. So all of those dimensions are really important. Um, so you might take another pass on that. That would be helpful and speed your project through. Um, what's the color? Is it identical to the fence? Yeah. Okay. Make sure that you say color and finish to match fence, for example, so that that's very clear. And DPW and I will ask you, um, and you may not have the exact answer quite yet, but um, your finish needs to be clear so that we or anyone else, DPW will probably ask because they're concerned about maintenance and rust. So what is the material? What is the finish? That's an important thing that you would want to have on your drawings. Yes, and and uh, again, I I appreciate those comments because you know if we do have to submit this to uh, we again they they will want all that. They're going to want to know that the material is going to be um, AR five hundred steel. It's going to have uh, a powder coat on there. That way, it doesn't. Uh, there's no issues with the weather that we have. Sure. Typically, yeah. yeah, spell that out. Yes. So, because they will ask you, because we are in a specific marine environment that's really hard on metal. And so when we see projects that have metal finishes, which is pretty common, they're normally spelled out exactly what the material is and what the finish is so that we can say, yeah, that sounds perfect. Or hmm, you might have a maintenance problem. Why don't you go back to the drawing board on that one? So if you can spell that out, that will help speed your project through DPW. Um, I have, let's see, a couple of other thoughts. I've just been making notes. Um, if you are proposing planting, you might want to spell out exactly what those plants are. So I know that you have this really nice um, planting plan. So include that in your, your set, because especially if the city is maintaining that in the future, they'll want to know that they're drought tolerant. Um, there's some yeah. plants that the city avoids planting. So just make sure that you have a good, clear list of what that is. And then uh, last but not least, um, oh, two things. One is I'm not sure if any of the my colleague commissioners um, have a thought about how that fence does or does not connect. To me, when I was looking at the drawing where the arc connected to the fence, it felt polished and finished and of a piece rather than two separate things. So I'm wondering, I'm just going to throw it out to my colleagues to see if you have any opinions about that. Would you like me to put the slide or the, the engineer drawings blown up? Would that that help? might help. Yeah, just okay. to facilitate a quick little sure. comment. If any, If everyone's fine with that, Okay, but I just wanted to bring that up because I thought it would be 
it, it would feel more finished if it connected to the fence. Yes, that's, that's, that will that's, help that's us have a conversation. Why, that's yeah. why I brought up the, the thickness. If you talk between this one that shows it not connecting and the other one that shows it that they do connect, I agree with Kim. It does look more polished when they connect, but that's where the thickness issue comes. If the top part of the arch is the same thickness of the fence, they could connect either way, whether because the fence is not very thick, I noticed when I was there. It's just a standard fence. And so the lower part of those legs are quite thick, and then it becomes thin where it connects. Um, I think so. Looking at the two options and blowing them up. So if you had uh, the fence connection, then you're talking about drilling pretty far into the concrete um, in the concrete foundation, correct? And um, constructability wise, uh, going into the existing, um, I think. Uh, would not require you to structurally analyze. You'd probably have to do a lot more work because of the existing concrete um, and the attachment to the fence, right? Because then you're structurally um, impacting the concrete uh, with a new drill and you're structurally um affecting the fence um so just in terms of constructability uh and um inspections the other the other proposed um design is i'm not going to say easier but it is technically easier is that correct brad uh not necessarily um I, I understand what you're trying to, to get out right now, but as far as the fence going, tying into the, the top of the fence, creating that finished look, I agree that is a finished look as well. So uh, either which way, it doesn't matter to me um, which way it gets done. There's a reason I put both of them on there so that everybody can see. Um, if you tie it into the top of the fence, it's it's going to be tied into the archway. The arch is a you know, it doesn't really matter if the fence is tied into the archway. There's no, right now the fencing is held up by the last column, the column that actually starts the fence, which is right next to the opening to the stairs, to the staircase. So the fence is standalone right now, just how the fence is normally structured. Um, so with what we're proposing, there is nothing, we, we won't even touch the fence. With the exception of possibly adding a small section on the top that would tie into um, tie back into the column just to finish that look off. There's a that's a non structural component. It doesn't really matter at all. Um, but if we did it the other way, we would have to cut the first section of the fence out, put temporary fencing in. We'd have to dig the existing footing out that holds the first post um, and pull it out, redig it, dig it again, install the new post, which is now gonna be the archway post. And so it's, it's, it's a tremendous amount of more install 
to go with option B, which is why we wanted A, but it's also a cleaner look. It's less evasive. Um, it's going to provide you a more sleek finish rather than um, two columns. It's kind of, frankly, it's unnecessary having two columns right next to each other. It just won't look right. Commissioner Carney. Yeah, I think that we generally all agree that option A, the, the thinner one, the narrower one, is more pleasing. And Janine's comments about option two, um, I think that the fence could still fit regardless. It wasn't that the fence would only connect to the wider one. It could connect to the narrower one as well. That's correct. It could. It very well could. And we're talking about just connecting the upper part. Is that right? Yes, ma'am, because the bottom is going to be anywhere from 1 inch to 2, maybe 2 and a half inches gap. From the existing column that's there now for the new fence that was put in to the, the concrete pillar. So, so we're talking about the possibility of the. The option on from my view on my left with the top connected. Is that what we're all talking about at the same time? Yes. Okay. Um, commissioners, how do you feel about that as an option? Um, I think it's, I agree. yeah, I think it's a good option. I think it's the best of both worlds. Uh, yeah, because I do like the cleanness. I agree that. Connecting it gives it a, a completion that's pleasing, um, but having the those things, um, yeah, digging back down and replacing the columns is, yeah, the second option in terms of the archway um, structurally. So I think that's a great great solution. Good, because we don't need to create an onerous situation over this. Um, any other comments from commissioners? I would agree that um, that's probably uh, it's a it's a good compromise with a better result. Mm -hmm. And minimal expense. It seems. Yes, and minimal expense to do that. Yes, an intrusion. Yeah. Okay. So, um, do we have any public comment on this project? Um. <clears throat> If you're already listening to this meeting via the web link, please raise your hand. If you're calling by phone, press star three to be placed in the queue. Please press only once since pressing it more than once will remove you from the queue. Instructions are on screen. We are currently on item three, the Detroit Steps Archway Project. As a reminder, your time will start when you begin speaking. You will see a visual timer if you are listening in via WebEx and will be given a 30 second audible warning. You'll be muted once your time is up. However, you may stay on the line if you wish to speak on other items on the agenda. Any individual who speaks during a public comment period at today's meeting may supply a brief written summary of the comments to be included in the minutes if it is 150 words or less to parasatcoatssfgov.org. Um, and let me just see, I don't see any hands raised. Um, uh, so there's no public comment for this item. Um, public comment is now closed. Okay, thank you. So commissioners, do we have a motion to approve small project review of the Detroit Steps Archway project with 
one modification and that is that would be option one with the connection to the fence as just discussed earlier. Shiota, so moved. Shiota, second. second. Okay. Um, can we have a roll call vote, please? Yes. Uh, Commissioner Stryker? Aye. Commissioner Carney? Aye. Commissioner Shiota? Aye. And Commissioner Schneer? Aye. Uh, the motion passes unanimously with the one uh, modification. Okay, congratulations team, and we're looking forward to seeing it. It's gonna be really nice. Thanks a lot. Thank you all so much. Thank you for all of your input and uh, the opportunity to continue doing work in these surrounding neighborhoods. It really is fun for me and, and, and my crew. It's, uh, they're just really nice projects. They have, they're very meaningful. Um, so just for me personally, thank you for the opportunity. Sure, and we look forward to taking a hike there and taking a look. All right. Okay, um, so let's move to item number three, which is the staff report, and that will be given by Deputy Director of Programs, Joanne Lee. It's item four. Item four. Did I say three? Great, thank you. Yeah, um, sorry, I said three. Thank you, Commissioner Stryker, um, and good afternoon, Commissioners. Um, it's been a couple months since we've met, and since then we have had uh, one um, administrative review and approval that I just want to let you know about. This was for the um, the PUC Southeast Water Pollution Control Plant, the new Headworks facility project that is located on Evans Street near 3rd Street. It was last um, approved, it got its final approval um, from CDR back in November 2018. And they, and currently construction is about 60% complete. And in this, um, during construction, they realized that the original proposed plan was for the sidewalk that is um, adjacent to the project along Evans Street was supposed to be um, slightly widened in the construction project. And um, they have come across um, some complications during construction and they have realized, um, speaking with both DPW and MTA, that they aren't going to be able to widen the sidewalk, but they are able to just to return the sidewalk to its prior condition. Um, or, or the width of that. And the project team will continue to work with the Bureau of Urban Forestry to address the planting commitment that was um, in, the, in the review and what can fit on the sidewalk and or find alternate locations for, um, for plantings. Um, I wanna thank Commissioner Stryker for um, her assistance in, in this review. And I just wanted to let you know that that was um, the one um, approval that we, we did in this last couple months. And that concludes my report. Okay, any commissioner comments? Thank you. Hearing none, is there any public comment on the staff report? Um, if you're already listening to this meeting via the web link, please raise your hand. If you're calling by phone, press star three to be placed in the queue. 
please press only once since pressing it more than once will remove you from the queue. Instructions are on screen. We're currently on item four, staff report. As a reminder, your time will start when you begin speaking. You will see a visual timer if you are listening in via WebEx and will be given a 30 second audible warning. You'll be muted once your time is up. However, you may stay in the line if you wish to speak on other items on the agenda. Any individual who speaks during a public comment period at today's meeting may supply a brief written summary of the comments to be included in the minutes, if it is 150 words or less, to paris.coats at sfgov.org. Uh, and I, uh, well, we actually have no members of the public um, present, <laughs> so there's no public comment. Okay, thank you. Um, then that leads me to item number five, which is new business and announcements. Does anyone have any new business or announcements they'd like to share? Commissioner Schneer, hands up. I, yeah, it's just one thing since uh, I believe next month you will be away, correct? That's right. And you're wanting me to share, which I'm happy to do. So I'm asking that uh, whether it's through Paris or for, through um, a deputy um, director, uh, uh, Lee, uh, if they can just do a little briefing with me prior with all the um, things that have to be said now that didn't need to be said before COVID. <laughs> I would appreciate the help. Yes, I, I will send you a script. <laughs> Great, thank you. <laughs> I appreciate that. Okay, that, that was it. That was all I wanted to do. Thank you. Thank you. Any, any other comments from commissioners? Um, well, Commissioner Snare, you stole one of my two items, so I was going to mention that um, you would be chairing. And I, I have the sense that it may be a busy meeting. So um, thank you all, uh, especially Paris, for helping um, Commissioner Snare prepare for that. Um, and then the other thing is that I just wanted a quick question, query all of you. We spent a lot more time than we normally would on this small project that we just discussed. Is that okay with you? Um, we did have more time, but I would like to know for myself if it would be better for you if we continue to stick to our agenda time frame, or if you thought that it was worthwhile to have the extra um, attention to this project, which seemed to need a little bit of it. But I'd like to get feedback from you. Any thoughts? Um, I think that this was, if, if I may speak first, I think that this was unusual because they weren't prepared the way we normally get all the drawings. We have, we had to ask a lot more questions to get to where normally I can look at the um, drawings provided to us the week before and know what's involved. So mm -hmm. I think that was part of the reason for it. And, um, you know, and I think that that's unusual for us because usually you have people that know the process and know what they have to provide us with. Um, I don't think it was a problem because we only had one to do. However, if we have like six or seven projects, we can't afford to do this. We'll never get through. And so I think it's important that we have, you know, that we keep to our time frame, and then if as we're going through the process, if whoever is the chair feels, um, okay, we can give you another five minutes or something, then, then you go ahead and do it. But I think it's really important when we've had our long meetings with like many projects to go through um, and um, 
Commissioner Stryker, you've been excellent in keeping things moving, and I think that's important too. So that's my two okay. cents. Thank you. Other thoughts about this? Because I do want to be respectful of everyone's time. Um, and it, it seemed to me that we may have had to ask the team to come back with more appropriate drawings, but um, it was kind of a, a toss-up of, of that. So if you have any thoughts about that, please share as we move forward. Well, I think um, so. Oh, yeah. go ahead, please. Yeah, I just I and because I just don't know the exact sequence of things. There's there's different departments, right, that have different, you know, on some of these public and civic projects, you know, the the curb cut might be DPW, but MTA might own the light post and somebody else might own the electrical underneath and you can touch on all these things. So with something like steps and you know, I know the, I, I guess I'm, I always wonder who's, that's why I was asking who is pulling the permit because I'm, I'm, I'm not quite sure who actually owns the project. I, I understand that it's funded by a neighborhood group, but if for, just say we had an earthquake, right? And that single poor concrete became structurally unsound or was cracked like um, Patrick Carney was saying in, you know, his walk when he walked the steps, right? who's responsible for that structural soundness and so if we're not doing that part of the analysis right and it's more design review and then it goes on to other departments like dpw or or dbi and planning right then then um then i think you know getting that mandate of saying okay you know and and putting in things like does, what is what is uh, nice design work? Um, what is safety? You know, safety considerations, right? Mm -hmm. um, uh, graffiti considerations and and vandalism considerations, um, and and you know, uh, advising on code, but that not being our specific mandate in particular. Um, so yeah, I guess I I I wonder where we are in the sequence of things. Um, and I think that that informs as well. I'm fine to take the time on even the small projects. I'd rather get it done so they don't have to come back um, because we had the time. It was a single docket agenda today. I think I think it's fine. Um, and and then, yeah, I would say that um, uh, Chair Stryker would be, you know, the arbiter of, of if we, when we have six projects in front of us, how. <laughs> Oh, that the gavel down. No, no. Um, that leads me to a question that I had in the back of my head, um, Commissioner Shioda. I wonder if we could ask staff if they would please make an inquiry uh, at DPW if there is a special process that they undergo with community projects that where groups like this one may not have all the correct drawings or may not know what the codes are and share that with us so that we at least know what will be reviewed. And that might help us streamline our process and, and comments. Would that be possible to ask staff to do that? Yes, we can reach out to some colleagues at DPW. Okay, that I think that might be really helpful to us for future meetings. Thanks very much. Um, let me ask if there's any public comment on our new business and announcements. Item um, number five. 
There are no members of the public present, um, so there's no public comment. Okay, thank you. Then that leads to item number six, which is a complete adjournment. So wishing all of you a great uh, couple of weeks ahead and um, see you soon. Thanks a lot for the meeting and your extra attention to this project. Thank you all. Okay. Have a good trip. Have a good yes. Have a thank wonderful you. time. I will. Thank you. Bye-bye.